Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Strange Adventures number 193, cover date October 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Bernard Bailey, edited by Jack Schiff, featuring The Villain Maker, written by Dave Wood, art by Lee Elias. And The Fox and the Crow, number 100, cover date October-November 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Wynne Mortimer, edited by Murray Boltonoff, featuring The Head Doctor, written by Arnold Drake, art by J. Winslow Mortimer. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Stanley and his monster head to the circus, but not before a quick trip to the child psychologist. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. The circus is a wacky world, how I love it. Hocus Pocus Ballyhoo, ain't it great? With the clown that always breaks you up, the elephant that shakes you up, the overture that wakes you up because... The circus is a wacky world, it's a riot, razzmatazz and hoochie-coochie, ain't it grand? What a jazzy world you find the scene until you are behind the scene, and once you are behind the scene you'll see. The circus is a wacky world, take it from me, but it ain't at all what it's supposed to be. It ain't what it's supposed to be. Here comes the circus, everyone loves the circus, especially the Merry Mouseketeers. I don't love the circus. I don't either. Well, I can't say that because I've never actually been to the circus except one time, which was sad and terrible. Uh, that was in Hagerston, wasn't it? Yes. I took you to the circus. I know. That's the only time in my whole life. They're was... all like that except bigger. Well, I grew up in the golden age of American pop culture when the circus was an exciting place full of intrigue and mystery and animals and acrobats and boy sidekicks and well, strong men and things, dead men and whatnot. My family took me once to the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Uh-huh. And um, it was at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach. Yes. Which is a big place, yes. a big convention center. And it has a cement floor. 
Sure. And they were marching the elephants around. I think I see where this is going. And one of the elephants released its bladder yep. on the on the floor, sure. even though they had like I don't know sawdust on the floor, or whatever. I could not believe. I was not sitting close enough. I saw people hold their hands up in front of their faces and mm. lean back as they were splashed by elephant urine. So hey, that for me, yeah, is like the circus. Well. <clears throat> My mother, when she was a little girl, mm -hmm. they would, um, of course, that's the days when the circus train would come to town and, you know, they'd winter in the lovely Grandview Heights, Ohio, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Anyway. They'd come in the summer. They'd winter in Florida. Whatever. Anyway, my grandfather loved the circus because, of course, that was the golden age of the circus. Mm -hmm. And so he'd make the whole family go down to the rail yard at the bottom of the hill and watch the circus train unload mm -hmm. and watch them do their parade down the street. And my mother hated it. She did. Yes. So we weren't allowed to go to the circus. We barely were allowed to go to the zoo. She hated animals so oh, much. Oh, goodness. Mm hmm. I'd forgotten what a hater of animals your mother was, uh, circus well, animals on the zoo. And I, I do remember her sharing that story quite frequently. I mean, she, I know, hated the circus. She loved dogs and cats. Oh, and yes, yes, yes. But, but she did not enjoy the circus or the zoo. Or no. back roads because her father also would make them drive on back roads. Of course, in those days, that's all they had was back roads mm -hmm. in the 40s and 50s. She just likes to get in the car and go. Yes, because he'd stop at every historical marker and every roadside attraction. And I guess that skipped a generation because I like to do that, too. Well, there's nothing wrong with enjoying life as it comes along. No. At your own pace. You gotta live, live, live. Well, you know, we're all gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eventually. Eventually. Not yeah. for a long, long time, listener. Don't worry. No, but I want to take it as much as I can while I'm alive. Now, by happenstance, we have two circus-themed stories this... Well, I wouldn't say circus-themed, but... There are circus characters. The circus does yes, 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 figure yes. prominently yes. in both of these stories, and I had no idea until I sat down to read them. I just chose these stories by random. Indeed you did. The first being from The Fox and the Crow, number 100... Wow. Yeah. This is a good time to remind everyone that the Fox and the Crow began their lives as a series of Screen Gems animated films mm -hmm. by Columbia Studios. There were 24 shorts shown theatrically between 19... I forgot the dates already, but in the 40s, you know, when animation was terrific. Okay. They're really beautiful to look at. They're all on YouTube. I encourage everyone... To look them up. Okay. And uh, the comic would continue on for a few more issues after 100, soon to be taken over by the feature Stanley and, and his, his monster. monster. As you recall, Stanley is a little boy who has a monster living in his room who he thinks is a giant dog. Yes, it's a 3,000 year old monster. Also, well, it's a demon. Let's just it's a demon. put yeah. it out there. Also living in his bedroom is the ghost of Napoleon, mm -hmm. a leprechaun, and, and a German no, no, troll, troll or gnome or something. Or something. Yes, yes, yes. Five people sleeping in this little tiny bedroom. A German dwarf, he calls it. Don't tell Customs and Border Patrol that all those people <laughs> are living in one room. Um, I also have to take a quick trip to Correction Corner. It's time to go to Correction Corner. Because Listener was 
quite stern upon me for not remembering what Brainiac's voice sounded like on Super Friends. And of oh. course, it was voiced by Ted Cassidy. Okay. Famously Lurch on the Munsters. Oh, okay. Munsters or Adam's family? Lurch? Yeah. The Adam's family. It, they're the same. It doesn't matter. But yeah, they are really. Um, Actually, I don't even know. And Can I, just I stop was, for a second and say something? Yes. We're sitting in our lovely studio. Mm hmm. And the, we have lights on all around the room. Sure. And we paid someone to paint the ceiling yep. a different color. Yep. Right? The yep. sloped ceiling. Yep. And I'll be damned if it doesn't look exactly the same as the wall color. Well, it looks... Uh, I mean, it really is slightly... Are you sure lighter. it was a different color? Yes, I picked a different color. <laughs> because our color picking skills have let us down in the past. No kidding. I almost want to repaint it myself. We had another room in the house painted, listener, and we chose a color for the accent wall, a right. darker color than the rest of the room. Which we chose from a digital sample. Yes. I mean... It's... And those gosh dang colors are exactly the same. They are, I mean... If you really, really, really put your to the test, they are slightly different, but it is not subtle enough to be called an accent wall. So next time we're just going to go for a stark difference. Next like, time we'll do the painting ourselves. Yes. We'll the colors. Three walls blue and one wall red. Right. So we'll never be in doubt. Never in doubt. Anyway. Okay. So. Uh, Ted Cassidy did the voice of Brainiac, and I was thinking that Brainiac had a computer Yeah. But it, was, was his voice like this? No. But like Snagglepuss? No, but I was, um, Ted Cassidy also did the voice of Black Manta, and Black Manta's the one. No, the Snagglepuss voice was uh, Luther. Now, let's see. Stanley has a dog, or at least Stanley thinks he has a dog, but what he has is really a 3,000-year-old monster who is passing himself off as a dog. Stanley also has a French ghost, an Irish leprechaun, and a German dwarf all living together, happy though somewhat crowded, in Stanley's room. And now back to the continuing tale of this simple, normal, ordinary American six-year-old boy and his friends in... Stanley, Stanley and, and his, his monster, monster in The, the Head Doctor. Doctor. Um, As I said before, yes. I have... I, I, the only way I can make sense of reading Stanley's dialogue mm -hmm. is to say it out loud because there's so many ths stanley has a severe lisp mm -hmm. uh what do we what kind of lisp it's not a lateral aspirin, it's lateral, a lateral lisp lateral lisp um similar to the voice that dr husband's mother would use when she was imitating gay people that's it's the absolute truth say fella fella oh yeah say fella uh now stanley's father has an idea. Yes. They're going to have a boy's day out. That sounds like fun. They're going to go to the baseball game and have hot dogs in the works. Yep. Peanuts, everything. That sounds great, doesn't it? Say, that is a swell plan, Dad. Say, that's a swell plan, Dad. But first, I've got to pick up 20 pounds of eagle gizzards for my dog. 20 pounds, pounds. of pounds. eagle gizzards. You know, my father was a trickster. Oh, I love this story. And uh, one time he had a friend who raised rabbits for food or pets, but mm -hmm. mostly for food. Mm -hmm. And he went to his friend and he said, I'd like to order a, I was a pound or 10 pounds, five a pound, pounds, a, pound. a number Even of a pound. pounds of rabbit brains. <laughs> and, uh, you know, rabbit brains are not very big. No, they're about the size of the end of your thumb. 
Well, this fella saw a sail coming, so he just started whacking the skulls of the rabbits. <laughs> got about three or four in and then said, wait a minute. <laughs> A pound of rabbit brains. So Stanley's father says, that's ridiculous. You have no dog. And besides, dogs don't eat bones. Oh, excuse me. Dogs eat bones, not gizzards. Sorry. The cat bit my ankle and went right when I was saying that. Stupid cat. He says, okay, I'll buy some bony eagle gizzards. No, you're not going to buy anything because you don't have any money because you don't have a job. His mother says, Stanley, stop that ridiculous talk. Mitch, talk with the boy. Reason with him. Now... Mr. Stanley has had enough of this nonsense. He's going to march right upstairs to Stanley's room and put an end to this monster business once and for all. Meanwhile, in the bedroom, there are just these supernatural creatures are just having a grand old sing song. The monster's singing, Green, green, green is the color of my true love's hair. And uh, Napoleon's reading a People stories book. Oh, Get because, it? Because, because a ghost. he's a ghost. He's ghost yeah. 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 A, uh, the leprechaun and the German dwarf are dwarf. gambling, of course. Gambling, yes. Playing pinochle. Have you ever played pinochle? Mm-hmm. Have you? I have a special deck. I've well, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I've never played. Oh, we should play. Why don't we ever play cards? Well, because we're not um, old drunks from suburbia. Those are the only people I ever knew to play cards. Some of that's not right. Well, my parents had neighbors, Butch and Camellia. Mm-hmm. They were retired. Mm-hmm. They'd come over to play cards, and they'd stay till 4 or 5 in the morning. Sounds fantastic. People had to get up and go to work in the morning. Well, they wouldn't do it on the weeknights, would they? Yes. Every mm-hmm. night. Lo- every night. Well, it's when my father was retired my mother wasn't. Oh, okay. But they'd just come over and carouse and carry on. So they're, uh, the all the creatures in the room here... Stanley and his father coming up. Yep. They quick skedaddle. Yep. Apparently, the leprechaun and the dome and the gnome look like puppets and live on the wall. Right. On a, on a hook. They live on a hook on the wall. The Napoleon lives in the wardrobe. Right. And I don't know where the monster goes. He goes. He, he shrinks himself down and goes under the bed. Oh, okay. Um. So the father sees nothing amiss. He sees these puppets hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley tries to tell him they just seem to be puppets. They actually smuggled themselves aboard the toy ship mm-hmm. from Europe to escape, and they have to pretend they're puppets to escape immigration, like I said. Yeah. Customs and Border Patrol. Immigrants. So he, so Stanley gets really angry at the at the German dwarf and says, Now see here, Mr. Snithel. No, Mr. Th- yeah, Snithel. Snithel? Snithel. I <laughs> joketh a joke. Oh, a joketh a joke. If you don't speak up, I won't buy you that knockworth and sauerkraut I you begged for. And that's final. Again, Stanley offering to buy things for people. He doesn't have money. money. He has no money. We'll find out here pretty soon he has nothing. Right. He has like 10 cents. Now, the father thinks that Stanley is going crazy. He's talking to puppets on the wall. Uh, and he says, that's it. We're not going to the ball game. We're going to a child psychologist. Well, that sounds like fun. I'll say. Uh... Honestly, I'd rather go to therapy than a sports event. I don't know about therapy. I don't think so. I listen to you talk about a therapist's time. I love to talk about my talk, my time with my brain witch. You're like, well, they just sat there and tried to right, pull stories out Because your brain witch interacts with you. Mine sat there and often fell asleep while oh, I was talking. That's the worst. Right? Yeah. And I'm entertaining. Well, sure. I tell fun stories. Yes. I do notice that Stanley's got an autographed picture of Superman on the wall. Oh. 
Now, the monster cautioned Stanley not to mention anything about him and the others to the child psychologist. To the head shrinker, he calls him. Yeah. That's actually bad advice. We mm-hmm. should encourage children to tell the truth. Always. Even though Stanley tells the truth throughout this entire story and is rebuffed by his parental figures. Uh, but Massachusetts, that's the name of the monster. No, Massachusetts. Says, uh, don't lie, my boy. Just um, bend the truth a little. Oh, like Daddy doth when he calls his boss and saith he's too thick to work? Okay, that's easy. How can Stanley say the word boss correctly, but I'm, not any of those other words with the letter S? Maybe it's an accident. So this woman we're going to see, as Stanley's father says, as they're outside the office building, this woman we're going to see is a doctor. Only not exactly. She deals with the mind, and, well, it's hard to explain. He says, I guess you mean a head shrinker, right, Dad? Um, I, I guess I do. Stanley's smart. Yes. Smart for his age. Meanwhile, upstairs, the child psychologist who looks exactly like the junior high librarian, Mrs. Cohn, I had to text my sister and send her a picture for confirmation, but that's exactly what she looked like. Okay. Um, child psychologist has a headache, and her nurse, Jane, mm-hmm. says, I know why you have a headache, because you don't like children. Mm-hmm. Which is not a good thing to, to be if you're in the children business. Because that's nonsense. Besides, if I were a... Uh, if I were a butcher, would I have to love pigs? No, in fact, I'd say it'd be a benefit if you did not love pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stanley arrives for his appointment, and the uh, grimacing child psychologist, who's terrifying to look at. <laughs> she is. As was Mrs. Cohn, the mm-hmm. junior high librarian. Um, she says her job is to make you happy. Stanley says, are you happy? She says, well, actually, I've had a certain minor depression and anxiety symptoms, particularly on Monday mornings. But now, wait a minute. I'll ask the questions. She screams at him. Screams at him. She's also got a cage of laboratory mice right there in her office. That's Mm. a lovely thing to keep for children to see. Yeah. Don't touch those mice. They're going to be killed in experiments. (laughs) Now, she's going to show a series of pictures to Stanley. I thought they would be Rorschach. Rorschach Yeah, if only, that'd be awesome. No, nope, they're just regular old pictures. She shows him a picture of a house. And she she says, of course, um, uh, he says, that's the house. Didn't you know that? She goes, yes, no, of course. And the next one, he goes, that's the car. Faye, (laughs) Faye, (laughs) it's a good thing uh, you asked me to help you. You still have a lot of trouble with easy pictures. Never mind. Now, how many wheels are on the car? He says, five. And she says, look again, Stanley. I think you'll find only four. He says, yeah, but what about the spare in the trunk? Uh-huh. There, that's a torture device. Yeah, she's ask she's them how many horrible. Right. Yeah. You ask how many things there are, and when you say the correct number, they say no, there's yeah. only four. Like when that teacher told you that when you said that there were a couple, and she said a couple is three. Or yeah. Right? A couple is a few. And it's I a said, few. no, a couple, no, a couple is, is two. two. And it was just like Jean-Luc Picard in that episode of Star Trek when he said, there are three lights. <laughs> the Cardassians had them. You know, oh. you remember. Okay. I'll show it to you. Uh, next, next comes a picture of a swimming pool, which Stanley says is empty. And she says, no, it's not. It's not empty at all. He says, well, you have it turned upside down. And the picture turned upside down, so the water must have run out. 
Now, the father pulls the psychologist aside and says, I want you to question Stanley about his fantasies. The ghost and monster and little men. Because, oh, yes, of course. Now, see, Stanley, do you believe in little men? Sure, sure. How can he say the word sure? Sure, I do. Sure, I do. My Uncle Herman is a little man. He's five feet two. Well, let's skip that. Now, did you ever see a monster? Well, uh, yes. I gotta admit it. Aha! Where? At the movies, just last week. God, that's hard to read. They showed the monster who ate Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, I'm from there. I know. I've never known if a monster ate it. And the attack of the 200-foot flea. So she says, let's forget the fantasies. Because that's what you say when you're a brain witch. Yeah. Yeah, just, oh, he's telling you about the movies. Okay, let's forget the fantasies. Here's a test I want you to take, Stanley. You have to fit the blocks into their appropriate shapes. That's simple. The square goes in the, the, the... She goes, no, 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 that's not yet, Stanley. After we leave, you'll do that, and you'll also draw a picture of your father. We will return in one hour. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Is it like hour? an hourglass that she's going to turn over like the Wicked Witch of the right. West? Uh... So he, Stanley's having trouble. He can't figure out how to draw his father the way I always see him blowing his top at me. But he doesn't have time to finish the sentence because here's his friend, the monster and the ghost of the dwarf, the leprechaun. And they've come to announce that the circus is in town. So out they sneak down the fire escape. And wouldn't you know it, child psychologist sees the monster through the window and passes out. Right. The father says to the nurse, she saw something that frightened her more than anything in the world. And the nurse says, oh, saw a child, eh? <laughs> uh, this nurse has had it. She is just pouring a vase full of water. Right over up the woman, over, over the woman and up her nose at that angle. Yep. So she's going to try to kill her. No smelling salts, nothing. No, no. Strana right there. Here they come to the Bingling Sisters Circus. Ah, uh, the Ringling Brothers, Bingling Sisters. I got it, yeah. Mm. Uh, another child sees the monster and tells his mother, and she smacks him across the head. Which is <laughs> what mothers did back in the 60s. Remember in Superman the movie when uh, yeah. young Lois Lane sees Clark Kent running alongside the train, and she tells her mother, and the mother says, here's what you get for lying. <laughs> well... So Stanley does have ten cents. Yes. In his well, pocket. I still got my allowance. Ten cents. So he's gonna buy all those gizzards and whatnot with ten cents. I've got seven I can't say it. <laughs> I've got seven cents, three plaid stamps, and a Dublin street transfer car. A tra- streetcar transfer. God, that's a terrible Irish accent. Irish leprechaun accent. Hey hey hey. I've got oh, I've got Oh, you've got three cents, three plaid stamps. That's what the wrong with me. I can't I don't do it. No, I, I wish he was Russia. I'm, I'm your boy. I can't believe I can't do that. Meanwhile, in hey, the circus hey. office, the Bingling sisters, who are clearly spinsters, I've got three, uh, cents, three. are in trouble because their animal act is threatening to quit because he they won't pay him another thousand dollars. Three plaid stamps. And a top, top, He's blackmailing them. And a top, and street That's fine. Thank you. We'll call. Uh, they're being blackmailed by the animal trainer, and they'd better give in or else we lose all our customers because he's the main attraction. He's an asshole. Well, Ethel goes outside to think about their predicament. And uh, she comes upon Stanley, his monster, the gnome, the leprechaun, and the ghost. 
And she signs them immediately. Right. I mean, that's a fantastic act. And I'll say. Yeah. I mean, who would have put that together like that? Who would have imagined? You couldn't dream it up. It's wonderful. So shortly after, um, Stanley is dressed like, um, I don't know, the ringmaster. But he has a domino mask on, so you can't see it. Yeah. The, um, his monster and the leprechaun and the gnome are, are all dressed up like tr- Turkish Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. And then there's a uh, uh, Napoleon. Is, is also has also, a turban has on. A turban on his, on his clutching what, on a his, flying carpet. Yeah, something like that. So he goes, ladies and gentlemen, we now present for your edifice, edif- well, to make you happy, the double flip super duper whammy. Keep your eye on the magic carpet, please. So a uh, monster uh, steps on a, you know, what do you think? A seesaw thing? Yeah. And springboard the leprechauns flip up and land on the magic carpet uh but just then a hook comes down from the ceiling and pulls at the monster's costume which rips off revealing that he is a monster which makes everybody scream and run out the audience goes mad and Mm -hmm. runs out so the next scene is back at um dr bellum's office yes they make it back within the hour uh, and Stanley realizes he did not complete his tasking. He did not draw a picture of Dad. No, but Massachusetts did. Massachusetts is on the job. Yeah. And uh, he drew a picture of Dad based on something he read in a book once. It's a, a knight on a horse. That's so sweet. Isn't that sweet? And he says, it looks like an illustration of, uh, the, the child psychologist says, it looks like an illustration out of King Arthur's Tales. Mr. Dover, you can be proud of your boy. Thinks of you this way. Stanley, I don't care what kind of wacky friends you have, you're still my dandy boy. I didn't know it's a little young to be calling him a dandy. <laughs> and later in Stanley's private kingdom mm-hmm. he says boy look at the name the kid sent for my dog donna walston liked the name harry because you're toe harry so harry sorry yes 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 lots of boys and girls chose that name linda forcing wants to call me red and kevin mack suggests egghead uh, kathy yuxo wants their name the name champagne it's kathy yakuzo yakuzo She's from my neighborhood. Wants the name Champagne. Ah, that's my favorite beverage. Tammy Joe Carpenter once is <gasps> called Tusky. You bastard. <laughs> now, here's an important memo from Stanley, boys and girls. This is the last chance you have last. to send a name for the monster. Hmm. You can send your name to Stanley and it's a monster. Well, apparently it's working because they're sending the name. Yeah, they sure are. Look at that pile of mail. Wow. Uh, National Periodicals, 575 Lexington Avenue, New York, New York, 10022. Do you think they did get to go to the baseball game after all? Probably not. Probably not, because no. his father had to go meet his lover or something. <laughs> That's terrible. Now. That's from terrible. the sublime to the beautiful. Strange adventures. And boy, are they strange. I'll say. I've lost my place uh, Give me a minute. One. Strange Adventures number 193. Now, Strange Adventures is kind of flip-flopping here. We see one month they'll have a recurring character, mm-hmm. like the Enchantress, right. the Switcheroo, Witcheroo, mm-hmm. or Animal Man. 
Animal man. Man with the animal powers. The man with the animal powers. And uh, then alternating, they'll just have these anthology stories, which some of them seem like they're meant to be a pilot, like a backdoor pilot for a recurring character. Okay. Like, remember Gorilla Witch? Yes. That would have been a terrific recurring character. Why didn't we name our dog Gorilla Witch? Because our dog's not a witch. Safi would have been great named Gorilla Witch, wouldn't she? She sure would, but I don't think she was around when we read Gorilla Witch. No, probably not. No. Yep, that's me, Detective Roy Larkin. Seems like this wants to be a recurring Oh, character. you're already in the story. Sure. Sorry, okay, go ahead. Go. Uh, Roy Larkin battering down a steel door with my bare fist, a strongman's strength surging through my body. I could also fly with the skill of a crack acrobat. And I had the genius of a top scientist. It all happened when I fell into the clutches and under the power of a mad crackpot. The, the villain maker. So Roy Larkin. Uh, he's a detective. Uh, he's a detective. But first we open in the big top. The circus. I wasn't there at the time, but circus guards later filled me in on the grim details. He circus says. guards. What? Bouncers. <laughs> I know. There are no circus guards. There no. were never circus guards. No. no. Uh, so suddenly uh, the trapeze artist is plucked up from the ceiling into a hole in the top of the tent. It's not part of the act, the mm. ringmaster cries. Something's gone wrong. And up on the roof of the tent, there's two thugs up there who snatch this poor little acrobat boy out the top. Mm-hmm. And make away with him. Mm -hmm. Now, Roy Larkin, detective. He has a phone in his car. A phone in his car. Mm. This is 1966. This is very unusual to have a phone in your car. And it was, it was the, the receiver was like the phone in your home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, another one of those work nights. Mm -hmm. I knew it when my car phone jangled on my date with Alice. Shortly after, he's at... <laughs> The circus talking to a circus employee. Let's say it's a circus guard. Well, it looks like a doorman. He says, there wasn't a chance of rescuing Falcone, Detective Larkin. Those two hoods slid down the outside of the tent to a waiting truck and sped off with the Falcone. Falcone is the acrobat. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Roy Larkin sure is a detective because immediately he bets this is connected with that scientist and some other people who disappeared, all with special skills. Damn scientists. Just then a cry for help. Now, that's a that's of course a reference to V, which yeah, I, I know. know none of our listeners know that. Probably maybe it, yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, now, they hear a cry for help. Now, even I know I'm not a detective, but I know if someone in the circus needs help, they say, "Hey, Rube." <laughs> what? Yes. What? That's a famous. Everyone knows that. I've never heard that. They don't say, "Hey, Rube." They say, "Hey, Rube," if they need help, and all the circus. Freaks and everyone comes running out of the shadows to help. Let me guess. You learned that from comic books? And certainly I did. Well, you certainly didn't learn it by going to the circus because you've only been once. <laughs> <laughs> also, plenty of circus movies. They say, hey, Rube. And I like did when... Did uh, Joan Crawford do a circus movie? Um, well, she did Flamingo Road where she was like a burlesque dancer which kind of was at the circus like a burlesque act in the circus was she old when she did flamingo road she was uh was she ever young is the question oh, we should ask she was born old wasn't she she was well except in her silence 
you know, speaking of my mother, she famously wrote on Jane uh, Joan Crawford's, Joan Crawford's lap. lap on the train from mm-hmm. Columbus to Louisville. It's true. With all kinds of threads connecting this episode. Mm-hmm. So there are two hoods and gas masks, and they've got the strongman. Yes. Putting him into that panel truck. Into the back of the truck, mm-hmm. and off they go. Uh, of course, Roy Larkin can't risk firing off a shot because he might hit the strongman. Mm-hmm. But the thugs have no such qualms they start firing right away at roy so larkin and alice pretty alice yes he's right he goes watch it honey babe one of those thugs could ruin your makeup yeah of course he really doesn't mean ruin her makeup he means like hit her in the face right kill her then as the truck suddenly bolted away he roy right roy larkin yes roy larkin grabs a motorcycle a man after my own heart well it's obviously a stunt motorcycle because he steals it from the circus mm-hmm. so hopefully <laughs> The crooks don't end up in a big wire ball that Roy has to ride around and around in. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, so, Alice, please be careful, Roy, please. So, he follows them to their hideaway, mm-hmm. where they are holed up in a log cabin. It's a nice bike. It's an classic. abandoned mining camp. What kind of bike is it? It's just a classic bike. I like mean, an Indian? Something like that, yeah. Victory? Generic. No. No, Victory wouldn't. Victory was only made for like eight years. Oh. So they're in an abandoned mining camp. And Roy's going to do some snooping around. Mm -hmm. So he peeks through the window and what does he see? A mad scientist with a cage full of shirtless men. Wow. Now the story's picking up. I'll say. Uh, they throw their latest acquisition into the cage, shirtless, mm-hmm. and then right, the man wearing a, a performance diaper. Yes, and a you know, dance belt. It mm-hmm. looks like. It's, um, yeah, it's a dance belt. He's a gymnast. Yeah, sure. I wonder what's going to do in there with um, other men who are all are. Wait, have you noticed that all the men are wearing signs signs on them <laughs> to tell what they are, like placards? Yes, <laughs> strong man, scientist. That's stupid. Um. So this this mad scientist looks mad. I do appreciate that he's drawn. It's like a former percussion teacher colleague of ours. (laughs) (laughs) So he explains this invention. It's some kind of electric chair contraption capable of draining the talents. It's just like Sparky in Florida. (laughs) It does. What is Sparky? That's the name of the electric chair. There's only one? They call it Sparky in Florida. Oh, for, of a, course they do. Brutal state. Jesus. So this invention is capable of draining the talents, the wisdom of these specialists into one human body. But that body must have the proper chemistry. <laughs> and he hasn't found one to fit the bill yet. Hey, Mardo. Oh, here comes Junebug. Did you squeeze your fat body through that door? Hello, honey. No, no, you cannot have that. Junebug is the beagle. Let me pick that up. And she can fit through the little cat door, which we have carved into the real door. Yep. Barely. Barely. I bet she won't be able to get out. No. (laughs) She squeezes through like a little sausage. So that's why Mardo has been snatching people. He's, this is Roy Larkin thinking to himself because he hears it outside the window. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and just then some henchmen find him and march him inside. Mm-hmm. They find his badge. And uh, Mardo says, hey, hooray, a detective. Another yeah. specialist for the pen. 
Get him shirtless. Yep. <laughs> they do. I, mean, I know. I've never seen so many shirtless men in one episode of a... I know. You know. Wish I'd seen this when I was 12. <laughs> the next thing you know, Roy is uh, having a battery of tests run on him, and it turns out his body is perfect for the experiment. I'll say. We found ourselves a subject, boys. So they strap him into the chair and start calling out specialists out of the cave. Let's Which see. they know what they are because yes. they each have a sign on them. Let's get strongman, scientist, and acrobat. Acrobat. I guess you can only do three at a time. Mm-hmm. So Roy like is... Like Numenera. Yes. Tr- uh, Roy is being uh, electrocuted or whatever it is that happens. Uh, the transition seems to be going perfectly, and suddenly Roy's mind is flooded with a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Countless formulas he never even knew existed. And simultaneously, his body feels quite odd. Yes. Is every muscle attuned to peak condition? He rips his arms right out of those straps. Yep. And then he does, he does stunts and... Uh, does some quick calculations with his new scientific mind. Yes, now the thugs are afraid that he's going to put put him in the hooskow, but it turns out that the process also makes the victim quite submissive mm-hmm. and obedient. And against his will, he does obey orders. Now, we hear Roy's thoughts that he does, uh, there's a small corner of his mind that he still retains, but it's too Far too little to resist the part of his brain that has been transformed. Mm -hmm. So, yes, he solves a crime escape problem. Uh, He does some flips. He's as nimble as a cat. And he bends a steel bar in his bare hands. hands. He's as mighty as Superman. I like that Superman gets name-checked here, proving that we're in the same universes. Okay, and then so uh, Larkin... Uh, wants him to... Mardo. M- Mardo wants Larkin. No, what does he want him to do? He well, wants to send his guys away to... He wants to rob a bank. Rob a bank to get to money to buy chemicals to continue with experiments. Right. But, but Larkin's like, no, 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 let me just steal the chemicals. Right. Okay. Very clever indeed. Ha, 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 ha. So, this is where Larkin confesses to us. I tried to fight the criminal part fed into my mind, but it was futile. Yes. The next thing I knew, I was before the chemical plant where he does a pole vault. Pole vault up to the wall, then scales the wall like a gazelle. Smashes the window in, which I guess is a steel locked a door. A steel, yes. Door on the side of the house. Oh, it's a cargo door, so I guess it's for lifting large things up the panel. Uh, he makes his way to the lab. And frightens all the chemists yes. within and then steals the chemicals that he knows that he's memorized because of his scientific mind. Right. And then he swings out of the window and does a flip down to the ground and they tell him to stop showing off. Back they go to the mining camp. Where they've brought in another shirtless another muscle man. They found a mining engineer... They found him snooping around, taking samples, and his body chemistry, as it happens, is perfect. It looks like Larkin's going to have a shirtless partner. Well, I think this scientist is just a creep. Again, they've chosen three. Yeah, well, clearly. They've chosen three uh, men from the pen. A weightlifter, (laughs) a stuntman, and a hypnotist. I missed that on the first read. I was wondering why he pulled that out. Oh, yes. Larkin is helpless to present, prevent this experiment. And when it's over, 
This new fellow looks exactly like him, like a twin brother. <laughs> Muscles and all. Now, Mardo has another task for the mighty pair. He'd like them to kidnap decathlon champion Mike Cullen, uh, who's performing at the international track meet no, is today. He, is he just going to build an army? Is that his... Yes. One person at a time? Yeah. Boy, this is going to fall apart really quickly. Uh... So off they go (laughs) to see decathlon champ Mike Cullen. They bust their way into the stadium uh, with their mighty acrobatic skills. They race into the arena. And uh, this new fellow, Barrow is his name. Mm -hmm. He's going to use his hypnotist skill to hypnotize Mr. Cullen and get him to do exactly as he says. Which is basically... When we start running, run with us out of the stadium. Have you ever been hypnotized? Um, no. Have you? No. Uh, in fact, I'm resistant to it. I, they had a little hypnotism demonstration. At Muskingum? At Muskingum College, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, based on the people that were successfully hypnotized... Uh, I surmised at the time, because I was full of myself, that it was the stupid people that were able to be hypnotized. (laughs) And I was resistant to it. I had to leave the stage. Oh, you poor thing. But in hindsight, I think rather it's the people that had good concentration skills, which I do not. Also, there has to be, from what I've read, a certain amount of willingness to be able to be hypnotized. I was all in. I wanted to be hypnotized. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, in hindsight, I'm glad I wasn't because then the hypnotist uh, had Scott Lemon hypnotized and he said, it's suddenly it's very hot in here. And Scott Lemon just started stripping off all his clothes. Oh, my God. I know. Well, I was always worried when I was a, uh, a teen that if I was ever hypnotized, someone might ask me if I'm gay and I might say yes. Or they might command you to walk outside and step into quicksand. Oh, quicksand. Well, you know, that can always happen in Florida. Sure. Yeah. Especially in the 70s. Top number one top danger of the seventies. Yes, right behind uh, spontaneous human combustion. Right, was quicksand and UFO. Yeah, uh, abduction and abduction, activities. Yes. Well, you yeah, both. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. All right, back to um, you. Will leave here now. You will join us on the run, Mister Cullen. Cullen, the um, what is he a decathlete? Like decathlete? Decathlete. Yes. Just then, the unexpected happens. It's Alice. Who happened to be there at the exhibition of the decathletes. She uses her feminine wiles. To, she says she recognizes Roy. Yes, it's you, Roy. Where have you been? What happened to you? Oh, my God. What does Roy do? Huh? He raises Who are up you? his hand to smack her. Get out of my way. Oh, you must be under some kind of a spell. Look at me, Roy. I'm Alice, your fiance. Think, think. think. All right, you asked for it. I'm going to. And he raises his hand up. And suddenly, suddenly, the lights went out in my mind. And in an instant, I was myself again. Alice had snapped me out of it. Thank God for love. Huh, Alice, I almost hit you, but I'm all right now. Well... That doesn't mean that Bardo, whatever his name is, no, Bando, Barrows, Barrows. He's, uh, he's still under the spell. Yeah, because that's what you think, pal. Bardo's not going to like this. He'll get you. Come on, champ. We're blowing this place. The champ being uh, Mr. Cullen, the, the decathlete. decathlete. They're going to run off. But Roy Larkin's got another idea. He's going to do a springboard flip 
right into Barrows's back. Take him down with all full force yep. of that flip. Now, Barrows... Uh, oh, wait, I have to flip back here. This, Barrows has a stunt man inside him. Mm-hmm. So he picks up a shot put thing uh, and starts swinging it around because this stunt man happened to have done that in a recent film. Oh, that was the Roman movie thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't... Um, I was reading this on the exercise bicycle. Sure. And I, I, I missed that whole association of the type of people that he put into Barrow's right. mind. I, I don't know why I didn't uh, think In honesty, I had to flip back and see. Yeah, yeah. So, but Roy Larkin can't be stopped. He just catches that shot put in his hands and throws it right back at him. That's amazing. I was thinking about that when I was um, when I was reading this, and I thought, okay, if you, it would be possible for you to catch that shot put at full velocity if you could just catch it and continue to spin and whip it around and whip it right back without taking any damage to your hand well he's also got a strong man inside of him so okay uh now he does it like a bowling ball and knocks mr barrows off his feet knocks him unconscious and just hoists him right up on his shoulder oh i wonder if listeners gonna send me a text this week about how i managed to slip in the fact that i was exercising while reading this yeah 100%. Well, listener, I'm just going to tell you right now, you can't even tell that I was exercising. Why? I don't even know what's happening with my waistline these days. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So uh, Alice rushes up, wants to know what's happening, and he says it's a nightmare, honey. But it's almost over. Get a doctor and have him snap that decathlete champ out of the hypnotic spell. All right, but please, please watch yourself. Now, who's Alice going to call exactly? 911? Well, there's got to be a sports doctor there. B- but sports doctors aren't practiced in hypnosis. Well, that then, what I if they give of. him smelling salts? It'll probably take him right out of it. I guess. Uh, well, what did Annette Funicello do on Fantasy Island? I don't know. That's your favorite episode, and I barely remember it. Oh. When Annette Funicello had a dummy that came to life. Right. She was a ventriloquist. Her alter her- ego. Her dummy came to life, and they could feel each other's pain. That was awful. What was her name? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, you thought of it a while ago. I did, didn't I? Yes. Uh, So Roy Larkin calls HQ and meets the riot squad on the road to Mardo's hideout, and minutes later, here comes the fuzz. In they come. Well, at least they're wearing shirts. The police. (laughs) The police, yes. yes. (laughs) But Roy's not. He's got his gun out and still no shirt. Uh. Mardo is astonished that he's shaken off the effects of the machine. He's normal again, and Roy Larkin is wasting no time. He's going to undo the effects and give the uh, imprisoned specialists their minds back. I just look at, I mean, (laughs) is anyone wearing shorts? I mean, it's just, it's so unusual to see a story with, with so many extremely well-developed men all wearing just pants right right am i right isn't it unusual it's very unusual yeah this work artwork is by lee elias i don't know anything about his personal life but um we even see there in the next to last panel that roy larkin has put on uh, an undershirt yeah under and his dress, dress shirt. shirt yeah so i this would have been a time in history when all men wore undershirts uh-huh why didn't they just draw them in undershirts I- I don't know. I guess it's easier. Fewer lines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, I'm not complaining. I admire no, the I just, commitment to shirtlessness. Oh, I, 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 I'm not complaining. I'm just making an observation. Right, that I've right, never, right. in all the years that we've been doing this, never seen so many men just running around shirtless. No. No. It's terrific. I feel, I feel feverish. <laughs> <laughs> Roy picks up Alice and explains everything. And that evening on their date, he gets another call in his car phone. Look at her face. Oh, no. Not again. She looks like, like she's haunt, been haunted, doesn't she? Yes. Well, that's one call I'm not answering, honey. The captain gave me the night off. Is that now? Now he's talking like your father. I don't know what he talks like. What? He, what's a hard-boiled detective talk like? Oh, that's one call I'm not answering, honey. The captain gave me the night off. That's good. Thanks. However, I'm still going to wear accent. this placard around my neck that says "detective." <laughs> I'd like you to wear one that says "fiance." <laughs> oh, you can find us on social media at Go Go Check Pod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts from, because we're everywhere. And you can find us right back here next week mm-hmm. with Scooter, Scooter, and maybe something else, because we hate Scooter. We do. We'll have to find something else, something fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.